Blog Talk Radio. I was eating junk. I had just had two children back to back. I used to not be able to get on the ground. I never, ever daily exercise. Before, if I'd get down, I'd need a chair or something to help me get back up. I was 84 pounds heavier at one time. I was always a big dude, but I couldn't move around. That all changed when they met Diamond Dallas Page. Started doing yoga, man. I started doing a, a thing called DDP yoga. It's Nacho Mama's yoga. WCW heavyweight champion, known for his signature move, the Diamond Cutter. Diamond Cutter! took what he learned recovering from an injury and years in the ring and created DDP Yoga. Working out combined with the eating habits, it was a huge difference. I felt so much better. It's a lot of fun for me because I never used to be able to be active. Now I'm, I'm, I'm on the floor, I'm rolling around, it's, it's pretty cool. More than importantly, I just want to be alive. I'm down about 110 pounds. DDP Yoga can work for anyone. DDP. DDP. Radio. Well, 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 it has been chilly in the United States, it has been freezing in Canada, but it is hot as hell right here on DDP Radio Live, right here at ddpradio.com, so with that being said, I roll into my VIP spot with the windows down, the tops down. I get the red carpet rolled out to the front door because Mikey Mullins, Mikey 90%, don't touch pavement, baby. And then I go into the big elevator. That things brings me to the big floor and the big room and the biggest building all in North Carolina. And I climb. For you people, for the listeners, the masses of DDP Radio, I climb rung by rung on the radio tower on top of the tallest building in all of North Carolina. And I get to the top. It's only me and the blinking red light that blasts us out (laughs) to the world. And I put my hand to my brow and I gaze into the deep white north, the great white north, and on a small mountain that is on top of the big mountain, that is on top of the bigger mountain called Mount Ontario that we've made up for no reason at all here in DDP Radio. But there is a hut on that mountain. And in that mountain hut is a basement. It is a dungeon where Crystal has tirelessly been working on quotes, scheduling, and inspiring the DDP radio world. And the light shines from the top window of that mountain. It connects with my red light on top of DDP radio, Megaplex, and boom! DDP radio into the world yet again. Crystal, how are you? (laughs) <laughs> These are getting more ridiculous, honestly. <laughs> just when you think. <laughs> just when you think. Well, I think you said recently that I don't even know how these can get any more ridiculous. Uh, I didn't take that as an insult. <laughs> I took that as a challenge. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, uh, and let's be honest, if I was in some cabin somewhere, I would have put it on fire by now just to keep warm. But like I said, luckily we don't have to because tonight's DDP radio is about to be fire because I, I, I have a little inkling of what's happening tonight because last week we actually had the significant other, the uh, the girlfriend of our guest, and I'm not sure how well you planned it out, but I have a, a little hint that it might have been Valentine's Day related that we've booked these guests back-to-back, boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, right around Valentine's Day. I know you're very clever like that, so you might have snuck one past us. 
But we're going to have a great show tonight. We're really excited about it. And, Crystal, without any further ado, I need you to tell the world who we got on tonight to learn about for our DDP Radio Warrior of the Week segment. Yeah, absolutely. So this week, um, like Mike was saying, um, is the significant other (laughs) of Brittany that we had on last week. So tonight we have on Jonathan Bartholomew. So tonight's show has struck a chord with me. It brought with it um, the clarity of going through something versus growing through something. We recognize and appreciate everyone's degree of fight because they all are very, very different. Tonight, once again, reminds us why we fight and why we press on. The commitment and determination it takes to believe in better days coming is harder for some of us. Some of us have learned to fight very early on and through so much. The greatest thing about the community here at DDPY is you quickly learn that you are never as alone as you may feel. Together, we can make it through anything that may seem at all insurmountable, and we will do that as friends. So please welcome my friend, um, Jonathan Bartholomew. Hey, hey how you guys doing? How are you, man? Doing good. Good to oh, talk to you guys. Good, good. Thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Uh, we're excited to get your story tonight. Uh, we talked to your your girlfriend last week, and she she had good things to say about you, even though we tried to get her to, <laughs> to spill some dirt. Uh, but we're excited to uh, chat with you here tonight. Um, first things first. I I do want to say that something. I just want to point out that. I went on this big rambling, ridiculous intro, and then Crystal followed it up with something profound and nice and well thought. And I, that's the difference between the <laughs> dynamics, and it was never more apparent than that right there. So, <laughs> so uh, usually we we kind of call it the ring. We just we do it as we uh, go along. We get to know each other, but we always start out with one question for our warrior of the week: is what is your origin story? What were the circumstances? that got you to the point where you decided I'm going to try out DDPY and try to make a big significant change in my life. Where were you there and how did you get to the point where you're going to take that initial dive? Uh, well, you know, that's you know, a little bit of a, a long answer. Um, so like, like many people that you guys have talked to and, and people see through the, the, the Facebook group, my issues with weight and, you know, Food and eating and health and everything go all the way back to when I was a child. Uh, when I was eight-ish, uh, from the age of eight to ten, basically, um, you know, my brothers and I had a series of babysitters that um, abused sexually and otherwise myself, um, and there was a lot of threatening, there's a lot of, you know, tell your parents and I'll kill your parents, you know, the kind of things you see in ABC movie of the week in the 80s kind of stuff. It was real stuff happened to me, happened to a bunch of people. The way I dealt with it as a kid was I started eating. It was something that, you know, as a kid, even in a good situation, kids don't have a whole lot of control. 
And when you're in an abusive situation, what little control you might have as a kid starts to slip away very quickly. One of the few things I had any control over was how much I ate. And I noticed as a kid, dimly, I noticed, you know, put on weight, people stop messing with you as much. Fortunately for me, we were, when I was 10 years old, my parents moved us out of the situation we were in to another town. This is all rural North Carolina. We're very, very poor parts of North Carolina. It's a town called Lumberton. Uh, we're talking like dirt roads that were state-maintained poverty level in the 80s and 90s in North Carolina. And so we moved to another place, a slightly better situation, and that part of it was over, but having an abusive parental situation in another matter started to form. And that was in the guise of my parents noticed that their oldest son was developing a weight problem. They didn't want that to happen. And their way of doing that, instead of finding me, you know, a nutritionist or this stuff didn't really exist in the 90s anyway, and they just didn't have a whole lot of education on stuff. But their way of trying to get me to stop eating was to pick on me and then enlist my younger brothers to do the same thing. So I went through years of that, which just made my weight issue worse, which this is not a unique story. This happened to a bunch of people in the world. Yo-yoed up and down through my teen years, through college, through my 20 years. When this, I hit my 30s, um, kept going back and forth between the 300s and 400s. I tried this fad, I tried that fad, just trying to find something to work. I always knew that something out there would work for me. I still believe that there's something that will work for anyone. But I don't think that every, you know, there's no cookie cutter. If there was, we'd all know what it was and no one would have any problems. In 2019, my friend Mike Hall, who's an avid wrestling fan, has known all that stuff. He's been following DDP forever. And I knew who DDP was. You can't not. The guy's, you know, culture icon. So in 2019, he put me in the Facebook group for DDPY. He said, dude, this is going to work for you. Well, I wasn't in a place to try it yet. Um, mentally or physically, I basically spent a couple of years renting out a guy's living room or part of a guy's living room. I didn't have space and have stuff. I just didn't have a way. It took me until 2020, just after all the lockdowns started to be lifted, I got my own place. So I started working two jobs to keep it. Fast forward to the 1st of April of 2021, and I felt bad all the time. And I knew I needed to change something. I dug out the old scale, and the scale told me I weighed 498 pounds, which means that if I had tried it a day before, it probably would have read for 500. Let's be honest, if you weigh 498, you weigh 500 pounds. It's just that moment you don't. And at that point, I came to a realization. I had one or two paths I could go down, and I had been thinking about it for a long time. I could kill myself, and I had a plan. I knew what I was going to do. I thought, thought it through. It wasn't a spur-of-the-moment thing. Or I could give DDPY a try. So I gave myself six weeks. I got the program. I got some yoga blocks. I started out with the chair standing program. And every day for six weeks, 
I started doing DDPY. And within that first six weeks, I lost like 30 pounds. I was doing keto. I was starting to walk. And I was starting to see that this was something that was going to work for me. It's been almost two years now. I'm 148 pounds down, and I'm not anywhere near done. Wow. Wow. What, what an incredible story, man. That's, um, I mean, wow. I think a lot of people can, can recognize where you've been, you know, through, you know, the weight and the abuse and stuff. And the way that manifests is typically not very healthy and not very good. And when you're dealing with it later, it's not usually, um, you know, people don't deal with things very well and, and understandably. Um, and you had that come, you know, crossroads moment and you chose to fight or flight and you chose to fight. What was, you know, the desperation, you know, desperation is, is dark, but it's also a hell of a motivator when you're desperate, you know, a desperate animal cornered will scratch and claw until he gets out. Were you in that mindset there where you're like, I'm going to make this work because my other option is you know six feet under or is it something that you had to kind of ease your way into because it, it's a complex story and it's it's relatable but also very dark and, and personal so there's people listening right now thinking like i don't really have any reason to go on i'm in that crossroads what do you tell somebody how did you kind of you know feel your way around it well, I mean, for me, I was like I said, I was working, I was working two jobs. I was actually averaging sixty-eight hours a week between two jobs, and that was an effort to, you know, pay my bills, buy groceries, try to save a little bit, you know, thinking towards, you know, there. I have no generational wealth. Like a lot of people have, you know, something that's going to, you know, they can be able to fall back on, or they got, you know, a family member that's going to leave them something. That doesn't happen in my world. So I knew from a very young age, that if I was going to have anything, you know, in my 60s, 70s, 80s, I was going to have to figure it out myself. And I looked around at that point, and I was like, man, I'm working 68 hours a week. I'm trying to put some stuff in 401K, put some stuff in IRA, do some investments. I'm working this hard, but the lifestyle I'm living with, you know, sedentary, just the, it's not it's it's never been quite as much food for me as an adult as it was as a kid. But as an adult, it's, more, it's been less food and more sedentary. The types of jobs that I've had have generally been desk jobs. I was working, you know, 68 hours a week worth of desk jobs. I, you know, that's that, that will kill you in and of itself, even if you have a decent, you know. Uh, and so for me, I, you know, I had that thought of, you know, if, if I'm putting in all this – effort to try to save money back for old age, but I'm not living like someone who's going to actually have an old age. You know, uh, you don't, you see, you see a fair amount of fat people at 60. You don't see a whole lot of fat people at like 80. They kind of, you know, fade out. And I didn't want that to happen. You know, uh, some things that I, um, I really believe in is outliving the people who have wronged you. And you gotta be in good shape to do that. So I had a little. Jonathan, I had, oh, I'm sorry. No, uh, no I was it. just going to ask you a question. How important has the shift in mindset been for you? 
I mean, it wouldn't have worked without that. You have to, you have to choose. You have to pick what you're going to think about yourself, and you have to pick what you think about whatever it is you choose to try to do to, to change your life. So you, you have to decide. So I decided that I was going to buy into the idea that I could make my life better, and I was going to use DDPY to do it. And so I decided, like, and that's that's the thing, like, it's something you have to realize, like, and, and anyone can do this. This is not, you know, I'm not special. Anybody who has the desire and is willing to look at their situation with honesty and think about the things that they're going to have to cut out, and in lots of cases, the people they're going to have to cut out, and to make a determination to stick with something. And it's not easy, but... You know, we are, in in many ways, you know, we are our own worst enemies. So you have to defeat yourself first. That's, I mean, that's a really powerful point. And, you know, know, battling yourself is one thing, but, you know, battling the mentality. But, you know, I've, I've been a guy who's been right under 500 pounds. When you're at that point, battling is a whole different animal because I couldn't just go and jump on a treadmill. I couldn't just go and like start running. Like you, when you start out at that size, you have to start out at a place that's very reasonable. I mean, the heart problems, you know, there's physical limitations as a person of size that you have to contend with. So it's harder than just starting for you. How did you kind of build your way up? How did you start with your first couple of workouts? Was it intimidating for you? And how did those workouts evolve and grow over the coming weeks and months of you putting in the effort to try to change? Oh, well, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I started out with the chair to chair to say anything. So those chair workouts, which, what's funny is, like, you look at it for, as someone who's not done any of it yet. You look at it and you're like, all right, well, this this first one's 16 minutes. The second one's 18 minutes. Okay, the third one's 23 minutes. We can do this stuff. You realize that yeah, you can do it, but you maybe you're a little slower than than the the tape, and that's okay. And that you you know when when you're you know on the third iteration of it and the fourth iteration of it, you realize you're getting closer to the same speed as DDP as he's doing this stuff. For me, something that was very helpful, uh, I the house that I'm renting, I live a block away from Roanoke, Virginia's Greenway system, which is like 30 miles of walkway. I've never been in in a place where I was this close to something that like that before. Well, when I first started doing it, um, about a week into doing DDPY, I was like, I need to start walking because I, you know, always liked to walk in the past. I missed it, and I was able to walk, but honestly, like I could get like total maybe a quarter of a mile, and I was in pain. You know, my feet hurt, my ankles hurt, my knees hurt. Throughout this process, about, I guess, 2018, I developed acute lymphedema. Um, I got, you know, it took me about a year to be able to get treated because I didn't have the money. I didn't have insurance. You know, I'm still struggling with poverty at this point. And so it took me about a year to start getting treated. I'm still being treated. It's not, it's not over. It's much better than it was. DDPY has been a massive help with my lymphedema, as has lots and lots of walking. So not only was I right at 500 pounds, but my legs were retaining water, retaining extra weight, 
lymphatic fluid because of the lymphedema. So the walking was very painful at first. So I get to do a quarter of a mile. And I spent about two months doing between a quarter of a mile and half a mile a day. And it, honestly, what it took at that point was me just saying, hey, I might get mad at myself. That's okay. Use the anger. Use whatever I'm feeling. This is just what I choose to do. A lot of it for me is just talking myself into the idea that I'm the one choosing to do this. Wow. That's, I mean, when when you've got that far to go, when when you have those, like, daunting tasks ahead of you, I need to get my life in order, get my health in order, you know, a lot of people quit at the beginning just because of the size of the mountain. And I love hearing stories of, of someone like you who, who just really understand the ability to chip away at the mountain, to be able to just, well, if I can do this today, maybe tomorrow I can do more. And I feel like some people, when you describe the bed flex series or the chair workouts, they almost kind of look at it like it's, oh, just just doing a chair workout. I've had people that I've uh, pointed towards the chair workout or the bed workout. They don't really understand what a workout you can actually do in bed. Because it's, it's, when you tell someone, I'm going to work out, but I'm going to be in bed, the, they kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm sure you are. But it, it, it really is. And especially someone like, like where I was and, and seemingly where you were, where you're in a place that you need to literally start laying down, start at the bottom and work your way up. And it's, it's something that the mountain chipping away at that, the little incremental positive changes one at a time starts snowballing. And before you know it, you're so far, you know, ahead in your journey that you can't even imagine what you would have done if you had just taken the easy way out and said, well, it's too far of a mountain, too far of a mountain. But you took that first chip. You took that first rock off the mountain, and now you're, you know, 100-something pounds down. Did you kind of look at it like that? Did you look at it like, was there any point where you saw the mountaintop and you realized that I can't get there, it's going to take forever, it's too daunting? And is there any point where you got discouraged or encouraged by the progress or the, you know, struggle of getting there? Well, I think everybody has those moments here and there where they look around and be like, all right, I've been trying this for X number of months. Yes, I have some kind of success, but such and such person is posting that they're doing this particular workout. And so and so person is posting that they did this workout. And then there's this other person who started it the same weight as me and lost way faster than me and is doing those things. And, you know, and it's okay to like for a moment to, to think, hey, this is where these other people are, but then you, you have to cut that off and say, I'm only competing against myself. And that, I think, is one of the hardest things for a lot of people, um, and I think that's where a lot of people get too much into it, and they, and they you, you just kind of don't see them post anymore because they start either unconsciously or consciously comparing themselves to other people who are also doing some similar things, starting similar places, but it's also important to note that, you know, this is why I tell myself, you only see the things that people post. You don't see the things that yep. they don't post. And yep. most people don't put those hard things out there. They put the things that look like victories out there because it makes you feel good. 
and every once in a while, every once in a while, I try to post something through you know one of the you know DDPY groups or something, talking about you know times when it's just been really fucking hard, uh, and it's just you know those things happen. Those times you're going to have those times. You just have to realize a moment is only a moment. And I think it's really important to recognize, Jonathan, that the times when it really is fucking hard and everybody who is a human on this planet is eventually going to come across one of those moments. Those are the moments that put fuel in the in the gas tank. Not the moments where you're sitting on top of the mountain going, yes, I did it. Of course, it's a different kind of celebration, but I'd almost, I don't know, there's a different weight and a different reward system to, uh, oh, my God, this is so fucking hard moment, as opposed to, yeah, yeah I did it. For sure. Well, uh, sidebar, sure, sure, sure. Every, everyone's got to really fucking stop saying fucking for just one second. For... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry. I just, I've mm. always wanted to use that. Uh, no, see, see, we're going to do having a nice conversation, a deep conversation. Here I go, I ruin it uh, with some right. nonsense. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it's it's really incredible because you're one of those people that, you know, we've had a lot of people on the show. Some people are, have really great changes in their lives. Some people physically change. Some people mentally change. You seem to have really put in the effort to do an entire complete overhaul of your life. You know, you've got, you know, your girl, you got your weight loss, you got your mentality, be your, the work, everything seems to be falling into place. And I think that those aren't coincidental. I think once you start getting your head in order, a lot of things end up falling into place. Is it something that, like, the people around you, are they noticing the, the new version of you or the confidence or what have you that is really allowing you to make these changes and put in the, uh, the effort to do so? I bet, I bet yeah. you carry yourself yeah, differently. Uh, yeah, I, I have been told that I do carry myself differently. Uh, about a week ago, a, a buddy of mine looked at me and said, man, I've, I've never seen you smile as much as you smile now. Like mm. uh, multiple people have said that I, you know, the, the way I approach everything in my life is different. One thing that f- was frustrating for me for the first, I would say, 100 pounds is when you weigh that much, losing 80 pounds doesn't really look like much. When you get to the point where you're past that. So basically it, it, it was very hard to tell. It's always hard to tell for me because I am me. So it's always hard to tell for you. But it was when I hit 100 pounds is when people who I barely know started to say, hey, have you lost some weight? And then when I get to 120 pounds, people are like, I need to know what you're doing because this is crazy. And then I started talking about the EPY, of course. Um, but I actually saw a guy uh, about a week ago who I hadn't seen in person since before I started the EPY. Like, you know, he has, I don't know, immune issues. So he, you know, was self-sequestered for a lot longer than a lot of us. But, you know, I saw him out about a week ago. 
And I started talking to him, and we were a few minutes into having a conversation when he looked at me and said, John? I'm like, yeah, man. He's like, you look like a different person. That's the first one of those I've oh, had. Wow. That was about a week ago. So that was pretty oh, cool. Oh, wow. That's, I mean, those are always exciting. You know, you, you said something right there that made me think. Uh, I, I have a comic, uh, Artie Lang, from the from the Howard Stern Show back in the days. One of my favorite movies, Dirty Work. I was listening to him a while back. And he was talking about addiction and he was talking about weight. And uh, he said, the thing about addiction is I can stop drinking tomorrow and I'm sober. If I eat healthy for six months, I'm still fat. And it's it's kind of hard to wrap your head around because, you know, a lot of people – you kind of thrive on on the the perception. People are understanding. Oh, you're sober. You're doing better. But when you're losing weight, people don't understand the weight, the the amount of work you're having to put in to not really show off the results. People don't really see it at first. And I thought that was interesting. And, and maybe it's part of the reason that sometimes long term weight loss is, is hard for people because it's a lot of things. It's a lot of effort to maintain just the status quo. I think that's for sure. And and I think for a lot of people also, like the people you surround yourself with, when I first started doing this stuff, I cut out like a lot of people. Um, I've I've done this periodically multiple times throughout my life. I found myself surrounded by people who, you know, half the people are are good people and half the people are just not. And, you know, you, you have to weed out the people who are making your life worse or the people who are enabling you to make your own life worse you know, and it's not even necessarily something that someone's intending to do. Like sometimes people's personalities just don't work with your personalities. You're bad for one another. And one thing that has helped me throughout this entire process is there are some people that I just just don't mess with anymore. And you're probably better for it. Obviously, I think, we, I think we all are. I think my, myself, yeah. you know, for sure. There's there's definitely people who, you know, my personality is not good for. And, you know, I, I they end up, you know, I I have in my life been an enabler. I I think I'm away from that now. You know, I'm a very self-aware person. And, you know, I've grown out of those types of things. But there's times when people have made poor choices in part because I've been around them. And I will always you know, have that in my head. I know that just with my story alone, I know when I stop and I think about things, there there is a time when hurting was, you know, very easy to recognize, whether I was the one being hurt or I was hurting someone else. I mean, I never did it. Well, I can't even say that. I probably did it on purpose because I was deflecting how bad. I mean, if no one was looking at me, then, you know, that was probably a good thing. But there is a different monkey entirely when you heal. And it it's kind of like throwing everything off a mountain when you're hurt. And you hope that eventually you're going to fill that hole up. <laughs> but you never do. And I found that for me, the way that I've been able to get to a point where I can tolerate, you know, a whole lot of stuff without, you know, regressing is you fill um, whatever hole that you have with positive moments. 
and I think that is, you know, positive people, positive atmosphere, you know, positive self-talk. I mean, it all comes into play, and and I recognize that with you. You've done so much work, and I'm really grateful, and I'm really proud of you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. It's all it's all it's all progress. It's all work in progress for sure. Yeah. You know, we've all yep. got places we could go. You know, and you know, but you know, I, I do think that one thing that's super important is asking yourself. Who are the people in my life, and are are we being good for each other? And if the answer is no, you have to, you know, it, it, all of the wellness is both physically and otherwise is a series of steps, and you want to make more forward steps than backward steps. And a lot of times, those yeah. forward steps, as hard as they are, um, you know, can lead towards much much better things. And I mean, I, I was down in the dungeon looking for a quote for tonight's show, and I came across this quote, and it said, the difference between illness and wellness is only a couple of letters, but the shift in your mindset will be huge. That's pretty true, yeah. I mean, for sure. Yeah. We, you know, uh, we as a as a society, we, I mean, I don't know, I don't know. I I grew up in a time where, you know, I was obviously overweight. Um, I don't think my parents really dealt with, uh, you know, overweight people when they were kids. Like there was a lot of overweight people in the seventies and sixties and stuff, but it was really prevalent. You know, I think in the generation where it was just easier to go get McDonald's after baseball, you know, practice or after a dance or something. And, you know, I, I think that growing up in our generation, too, um, it was a lot of time when all this garbage food started coming into the equation. So my parents would see, oh, the, the cereal with the, with the cartoon on it, that's for kids. And I, don't, I mean, I didn't think my mom knew any better. I don't think my dad knew any better. And I know that I certainly was responsible for indulging more than I should on all these things that tasted really good. You know, but you get older, and, and sometimes you know, you're, my my mom didn't know how to deal with my weight, so her thing was, oh, you should you know lose weight, or you know we should fit into this, and you know they probably say stuff that they don't mean to, and, and and I know that I dealt with that. I was never dealing with the physical abuse, and I wasn't dealing with just the psychological abuse. Uh, I knew my parents loved me and cared about me. I can't imagine having to deal with my weight problems in an atmosphere where you're also dealing with so many other, you know, things going on, psychological, physical, uh, you know, et cetera. And the fact that you have come out of this and, and made these changes, you know, that's, that's probably not typical for somebody with that kind of uh, abuse in their life. It's, it's hard to turn, you know, negative things like that around. Have you, how how have you been dealing with the psychological aspect of things? Obviously, you know, there's a lot of different things, therapies, and, you know, you can do, but that's still got to be, you know, there, and, and you've got to be dealing with it to have long-term success. Are you finding that difficult, or have you been working through it, or is it something you're just trying to take one step at a time? Well, so I've always had kind of uh, interesting point of view on certain things like as, as I was you know going through you know teenage years and you know all, all the abuse and the poverty and you know I mean 
look, I, I, I grew up in, in Lumberton, North Carolina, which if you're not from eastern North Carolina, you've probably never heard of it. Uh, but it's basically the part of North Carolina where uh, it's, it's right beside a town called Fayetteville, which is known for its army base, and it's a scary place. But the tagline for Fayetteville is, hey, at least we're not Lumberton. Um, you know, the, talking 40% high school graduation rate of my of the, what would have been my peers had we stayed in that area. Most of the people who are my age from there are felons. Like these, you know, this is the type of... You know, I was not abnormal in the the issues I was dealing with, but I always looked around and said, well, when I'm 18, in X number of years, I can go do something else. I can get out. I'll find a way. I'll find a way to go to college. And I did find a way to go to college. I ended up $100,000 in debt to do it, but I did find a way to go to college. So I always was able to look forward and say, okay, I've got four years of being a minor still. I've got three years of being a minor still. Part of what helped me do that is I've always been a reader. I've always been someone who sought knowledge, and I had awesome librarians as, uh, in, the, in the middle school years. Weird to say, but um, access to a good library and good people in that library probably saved my life. Wow. Well, you know, when you're, when you're a kid who's dealing with that, and, and I know that this is one of the things that DDP, you know, says all the time. You know, you get lost in the shuffle, and you can never underestimate the power of somebody believing in you. And those things that make a difference in people's lives, those people who, you know, reach out or, or take a chance on you or believe on you or put a little bit extra, you know, effort into somebody like you. And, I mean, it's it's so rewarding for somebody uh, to do that for somebody in that position. And, and as you're talking about right now, it's not forgotten. And, you know, I can see that you're in your journey. You're the kind of person that's going to want to give back. You're going to want to be there for people who are, you know, in the same boat or similar boat to what you were dealing with. Is it something that like, I mean, I can imagine someone like you being a mentor to somebody who could see themselves in you or a little kid who's looking for some kind of guidance or answers do you ever see yourself in like a mentorship position or, or kind of passing along some of the things that you've learned along the way? Because as you said, with, with that librarian and the people in the school, I mean, it's, it's invaluable for somebody who feels on the fringe of, of, the, uh, of the world. Well, you know, as, as far as, as any of that goes, I, I do have uh, a number of, of friends who have, you know, chronic weight issues who just, have the you know the low self esteem who don't you know so, some of them may not have all the information as to, you know what are some of their options are and you know there there are some people that, you know that I reached out to through you know starting this process and doing this especially once it became physically visible so I can look at the person and say hey look at the difference in how I move and how I and how I look and how I obviously feel I do think this will work for you I think that one of the most ingenious things about the way that DDPY is set up is that it literally can start where you are, no matter who you are, no matter what your situation is. And very few fitness residents can say that. There's like three of them. And I think this is the most robust one, and that's not just because I'm succeeding with it, just watching other people succeed 
in different ways because nobody's nobody's no two people are tackling this thing the same way and that's how I'm kind of telling some of my friends who I think would benefit from this that listen you can you can tackle this from any angle and a few of them have listened I think that you know they're going to try it you know and, and some of them might take another year of watching me and some other ones of us melt down a little more you know weight wise before they will but you know if you can show yourself as an example of something that is going to work for a long period of time, because lots of stuff works for six months. Lots of stuff works for nine months. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's a reason why I've yo-yoed many times over the years, and there's also a reason why I've been going down steadily for almost two years now with this, is because some things are not sustainable and some things are sustainable. And for me, this is a sustainable thing. And I have been trying to kind of show people by uh, by example a little bit in my life to say, hey, you can do this too. Oh. Hey, um, that... There is – sorry, Mike, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go for it, Crystal. No, I was just going to say there's a question that we have come to ask of a lot of people that come on this show and I would really like to ask it of you um, because I think it's going to take on a whole different degree of weight. Um, and I don't mean weight as in weight, weight, but you know what I mean. Um, what would new Jonathan tell old Jonathan? Um that there really is something out there that can help a change. You just have to find it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I love that question. I, and I love your answer. You said something a minute ago that really, you know, it stuck with me, you know, we've known how to lose weight for a hundred years you know, calories in, calories out. It may not be the perfect diet, but we know the formula. And if you're really doing it, I mean, unless there's a genetic disorder or a genetic disease, you can lose weight. You know, people will say like, oh, that didn't, that diet didn't work for me. Basically is, is, is code for I gave up on it or I wasn't sustainable. We know how to lose weight. If you're working hard enough and if you're doing what it says, chances are you're going to lose weight. Being able to stick with something that fits your lifestyle is the name of the game. And I'm sorry, nowadays, despite, you know, all of these tools, these gyms, these these elaborate programs, most human beings who work a normal life or a normal job and have a family don't have that amount of time to dedicate to stuff. And I find that DDPY for someone like me, you know, home-based and, and a community online, it's such a it's – a, it's a something you can keep up forever. And I think when people, once people get plugged into the community and plugged into what we do here, I mean, it works for those people. I think that's the key to our success is it's not only uh, doable, it's livable. And I love the way that you put that and, and, and talked about how finding something that not only works, but works for you was crucial. And I think, I think that, uh, you, you stumbling into this world, being embraced by people, obviously changed your life, changed people's lives, and you seem to be involved in the community. You seem to have, you know, 
hooked up with people in the community, made friends, you know, uh, made, inspired people. And I think that's the secret sauce for the DDPY, you know, world. So with that said, long story short, <laughs> long way around, what has the community done for your progress? How has being plugged into this network of people changed the way you would, quote, unquote, diet or exercise or, or have a routine like that? Oh, the community makes a, a massive difference for me, for sure. I mean, just, you know, being able to, you know, honestly being able to, to lurk for about a year and watch, um, watch you know, Justin Dobbins melt and lose an entire person's worth of weight. And, you know, and so many nameless number of people who have come back from, you know, grievous injury, like, you know, Brian Jones, you know, broke both his feet falling off a roof, and now he does super advanced DUI stuff, you know. Um, I mean, watching so many people do so many things, it just, you know, every and every 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 point of success with other people helps you get to the point where you're able to start and do something. And, it, you know, it really is, you know, uh, enmeshed. You know, you become enmeshed with, with the group and with other people and seeing what other people are doing and, and you know, it's just, it all blends in together in a very positive way. Oh, that, that that's beautiful, and that's the name of the game. And you know, they always say, uh, you know, chase the chase the dream, don't chase the competition. And I, I think right. in DDPY, there's obviously the challenges and there's the competitions, but I think most people in this program genuinely are excited for other people's success which is kind of rare in this kind of fitness industry. The fitness world is very competitive and sometimes not a friendly competition either. But I have never really seen any instances of people just being shitty on Team DDPY. You know, usually if someone comes in with a little bit of attitude or something, we don't kick them out, but we let them know that this isn't the space for it. And I think that it kind of it works like works well for people. And I, I love the fact that we are – we're, we're a team, not a, you know, challenge. Yeah, absolutely. There's, 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 you know, so, so close to zero toxicity within the the entire group. And every once in a while you see someone like sarcastically respond to someone's post and immediately you'll see someone say, Hey, this is not, this is not the place for this. And often, often it's me. I'm, Outside of that group, I'm a very savage internet person. I'm a massive troll. And I, 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 I'm a big stand-up comedian person. I'm a big comedy guy. You know, I, I'm, I'm a brutal, brutal humor person in my real life, in my regular life. But that group, that, that's the only, only non-drama Facebook group I've ever seen, and I like to help keep it that way as much as possible. Um, that's not the place for that. But, you know, when every once in a while you see that one little sarcastic statement, those people do get, uh, they get turned around real quick. Yeah, it's kind of, it's great to see because the one spot on the Internet that is so supportive and so wonderful all started from a wrestler. That's amazing. 
yeah, I, I, I'm so conditioned to being people being assholes on the internet that I don't even know how to handle when I get to a place where people are nice. I'm like, <laughs> uh, I've, I've obviously stumbled into a Twilight Zone episode. I'll see my way out. <laughs> it's a cult. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I've told the story a, a bunch of times, but way back when I started, back in 2010, 2011, when there was seriously four or five of us, you know, banging around a chat room, it was basically me, Robert McLaren, Dave Orth, and <laughs> probably you, Crystal. Yeah, I was there. I when when I first signed in, signed up, I remember I got these emails from several people and. They were so nice and so helpful. And I said to my wife, my girlfriend at the time, I said, oh, yeah, I just signed up for DDPY. And I got all these messages welcoming me and saying, like, welcome, we'll help you any way we can. And I'm like, I think I just stumbled onto Jonestown. <laughs> I think this might be <laughs> like the, the, And it's sad, the state of the world, where anyone who's being nice to me is instantly suspect. <laughs> but it is the Internet for <laughs> again. But... And it, it is. It's a breath of fresh air. And it's some place that you know and you can share vulnerable, like, goals or, or vulnerable things that you've achieved or struggling with, and you know that you can get an open response without dealing with the typical bullshit that, you know, comes up with being vulnerable in front of people on the Internet. For sure. So so where do you want to take it from here? You know, you've been doing this for uh, – what, what year did you say you started? 21. So we're coming up on two years. 21. Okay. So you're, you're two years in, you really got that habit. You got that healthy kind of, you know, you got the mindset, you've got the, you're building momentum. You've been doing this a while. So those, you know, habits are being formed. Where do you take this from here? There's always some place to go. Do you just keep pushing, trying to get to your goal weight? Do you want to keep, you know, pushing, trying to get more flexible, any moves done, any certification, mentorship? Is there anything in the future that you want to kind of take and bring this to the next level on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when it comes down to it, you know, I, I have lost, you know, 148 pounds at this point, but, you know, I still deal with the lymphedema thing. Uh, my flexibility is still not where I want it to be. To be honest with you, most of the most of the things I do with DDPY are still standing workouts, which there's a bunch of really good stuff within standing stuff. They're very real workouts. You burn calories. You will get flexibility. But... For myself, you know, I'm still not doing much at all in the way of ground stuff, and I want to be able to do all the things that everybody is able to do. And just for me, it's taken a little while longer because I had that much further to go. And I'm fine with that. I know I knew that was going to be the case going into it. I knew it was going to be a years-long process because it's a years-long process to become a fat person. That's not quick, and it's not quick to get rid of it. That's just how it is. That's just life. And so I'm going to continue on. I'm going to, you know, work my way into being able to do all those things that everyone eventually does with ABQI, and then I'll be stoked when I'm able to do that. Will it take another year? Possibly. Maybe not. Who knows? You guys will find out when I do, because I'm sure I'll post about it um, mm -hmm. excitedly. And, you know, at some point, you know, a year or two down the line, I do want at some point to become uh, an instructor to help more people do this stuff. But I am not in a place yet where I feel like I can do enough 
to be effective. When I get to that point, I'm going to talk to uh, talk to the certification system and, and see how that goes. That's awesome. Well, and, and you you said um, one of your goals is to live long enough to outlive all the people who did you wrong or all those people who didn't believe in you. In a perfect world, all those people who didn't believe in you, all those people that did you wrong, that made your life difficult, turn on the TV and they see your face up there and you, they're successful, living the dream. What is it you're doing and what is it, you know, what's that goal look like where you're showing off that you've made it, you've overcome all the obstacles, over all the bullshit, and uh, you're standing out there in front of your peers, your friends, your family, everyone who thought you couldn't do it. What does that look like for you? What is success? What's that moment for you? What is success? You know, if, if we could really boil that down to a few words, we could probably be rich, you know. Uh, but, but for me, uh, I've always wanted to write. You know, I've, I've, I've you know, started reading you know, very, very young. I started reading like real novels, like a grown-up novels when I was like eight years old. I started reading Stephen King when I was nine. Like, I, I've always been a reader. And when I was in college, you know, 20 years ago, because I'm old, um, you know, I did I did a little bit of short story writing, did a little bit, you know, did a lot of papers and stuff. I, I do have a, an English degree. Um, and, you know, I was always told by all my teachers and my peers that that's what I should be doing. And I feel like it is what, you know, what I should have been able to do. Um, but, you know, life happens and things get in the way. But at some point I would like to, to start writing again, um, maybe do a, a fictionalization of some of the things that I've been through and, and uh, you know, go from there maybe. But that would be what I would consider personally as, as success is uh, out of regular jobs and into being a novelist. Oh, I, I love it. I, you know, a fellow young Stephen King reader, uh, I, I read, I think Cujo is my first book I read when I was like 11, which probably explains a lot about who I am as a person, but <laughs> you know, I, I was, I mean, I love that. I, I was, I'm such a, I'm such a fan of like the written word and, and just, here's a, an idea of how, how messed up of a person I am. When I was younger, I learned that the longest uh, word in the English language at the time and then I learned how to spell it. I rattled it off like it was pneumono-ultramicroscopic silicone volcanoconiosis, which is black lungs. And as like a fifth grader, I learned how to spell it like I could probably still do it, P-N-E-U-M-O-N-O-U-L. Anyways, long short. I was supposed to be a party trick that I thought I could impress girls at parties. And because of things like that, I didn't get invited to many parties to begin with. So I couldn't really show it off as a, <laughs> as a party trick. But I love I love the the written word in English and alliteration and all that stuff. So I totally would love to uh, be in line to get your uh, your first novel or your first book when you finally achieve that goal. Not if, but when. And I think that's an amazing, uh, unique, and interesting goal to push towards. And you'll have to come out here and promote it when you finish it. Absolutely, for sure. All right. Well, it has been a pleasure to talk to you. We're going to wrap up here real quick. And uh, thank you so much for, for coming on with us. Is there anyone you want to shout out or anything you want to put out there, a page or a website that you're you're working on before we wrap it up? Oh, man, so, so many people. You know, obviously, you know, Brittany, we met through DDPY. Who went for DDPY, we wouldn't even know each other existed. You know, she's doing awesome. She's 
inspires me every day. You know, there's so many people who have you just do so much for the group too, you know, for like, you know, within the different groups with DDPY, you know, um Brian Jones, Scott French, shout out to those guys for sure. They're both super helpful to a bunch of people. Uh Murphy, you know, with uh, all the OCR stuff. And just, you know, all the people all these people just lift everybody up. And it's just just an amazing group of people. You know, Connie Arrington out there, uh, my friend Dave Hedge, uh, he's a new, newer person to the group, has been uh, doing DDPY since the first part of the year, already lost, you know, pretty solid like 23 pounds a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. The guy's really on fire for it. He's going to do awesome. great things within the group too. You know, there's just so much, so many people. Well, I love it, and that's amazing. And, and I continued success, man. You have a hell of a story, and I I think that you give a lot of hope to a lot of people who kind of see parts of themselves in your story. And I think with that story and with your success and with your uh, hard work and effort, you're going to change lives uh, just like you had people kind of looking out for you and changing your lives back in the day, letting you know you're somebody, letting you know your worth, uh, and uh, inspiring you. And I think you're going to be that for a lot of people. So thank you so much for showing up here tonight. Thank you for uh, sharing your girlfriend with us last week. Fiance or girlfriend, I, I, I always forget. But um, thank you for coming up. That was a lot of fun talking to you guys, and I, could, and I can't wait to hear that uh, you've got a new uh, novel coming out, new book, and uh, you'll have to come back and talk to us again sometime in the future uh, and give us an for update. Sure. Awesome. Hey, thanks for letting me be thanks. on and talk to you guys. This was great. Oh, no problem. Thank you thanks, so much. Jonathan. And uh, we're excited to do it again. Uh, before we uh, we roll out, people come for miles and miles to hear Crystal standing <laughs> at the uh, at the top of the mountaintop with her. She un she undoes the scroll and she does the pronouncement of the quote of the week. And uh, all I can picture is Lanny Poffo opening the scroll. Rest in peace, uh, <laughs> leaping Lanny. Uh, but uh, Crystal Stewart, I need you to make a pronouncement. I need you to make a. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? I just talked about how much I like words and I can't even think of it. Anyways, tell us the quote of the week and we'll head on out of here. Sure. So this quote of the week is from an unknown author, which Mike will take credit for, I'm sure. Don't fear failure. Fear being in the exact same place next year as you are today. That's a good one. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's a good uh, one. Jonathan, just to fill you in, whenever Crystal reads an, uh, a quote from an author unknown, <laughs> I just claim it as my own. So there's probably like an archive of stolen Mike Mullins quotes around here. But uh, <laughs> All right, guys. Be good. Great. Continued success. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Uh, next week we'll be celebrating. We'll be back Wednesday, I believe, with a brand new episode of GDP Radio Live. We appreciate you coming by. We appreciate you stopping in. Remember, own it. Stay warm. Keep your workouts uh, they're hell of a furnace if you're in the room working out with somebody. It's almost like a free heating, or at least for me. I, I'm I'm on I'm on toasty. All right, guys, we'll see you soon. Talk to you. Own it. All right, I'm just rambling. See, I'm rambling because I can't find my outro button, but I found it. So this is where I leave. Checked it today, man. That was a great workout, man. Fireball set up by Page. I don't believe it.
Diamond Cutter out of the power box. We're going home. You've been listening to DDP Radio. Tune in again next week for another edition of DDP Radio with more great guests, inspiration, and news from Diamond Dallas Page and Team DDP Yoga. Keep up all the great work and most importantly, own your life. This has been a presentation of DDP Yoga and Blog Talk Radio.